Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to another episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. Well, as I stare out my window, it looks like summer is over because it's raining, but we always have a sunny disposition here at the Toolkit. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll be a long-time listener. I'm your host, Jared Correa, and in addition to casting this pod, I'm also the Assistant Director and Senior Law Practice Advisor with the Massachusetts Law Office Management Assistance Program. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. You can buy my book, Twitter in One Hour for Lawyers, from the American Bar Association, on iTunes, or at Amazon. My co-host, Heidi Alexander, has you next month. On the Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. Today, we're going to talk about virtualization of law practice and the rate at which firms are beginning to adopt internet-based technology solutions, given the significant advantages attached to those programs, including the mobility, flexibility, which I think most people understand at this point. Our guest today is Alessandra Lazama, the new Chief Executive Officer of Abacus Data Systems. Alessandra was named CEO of Abacus just over a year ago. Before joining Abacus, she was Chairman of the Board and Chief Executive Officer of two Blackthorn Investment Fund companies. Prior to that, Alessandra was Chief Operating Officer and then Chief Executive Officer at AIS, American Internet Services. Before joining AIS, she held key leadership roles in sales, marketing, and operations for CompStat International, where she was responsible for launching and managing telecommunication services in Latin America. Earlier in her career, Alessandra held sales management and business development roles for Alcatel Telecom, Advanced Radio Telecom, and Allegiance Telecom. Today, we're going to talk with her about virtualization in law firms on the heels of the release of Abacus Private Cloud, which is a virtual desktop solution. Alessandra, welcome to the show. Jared, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, this is great. Boy, that's a lot of accomplishments there. I'm sort of out of breath after reading your resume. I I wanted to thank you for that marvelous introduction. Um, I've been very blessed and happy to uh, participate with the technology wave, um, and uh, I'm delighted to be at Abacus, extending the opportunity uh, to expand on our products and services portfolios that are all geared to enabling the success of legal professionals. So thank you again for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And all that I read were based on your magnificent accomplishments, so it had very little to do with me other than my literacy. So let's jump into the questions here. What I just alluded to was some of the advantages related to virtual services for law firms. I had a short list. Can you expand on that? Well, absolutely, Jared, and I think that it's important to mention uh, that uh, technology is ubiquitous and, and is here to stay, and every one of us, regardless of what industry we're in, uh, we touch technology and we utilize and leverage technology, whether it be uh, via our mobile platforms, uh, like our mobile phones or our iPads, et cetera, and 
from a business perspective and a law practice perspective, we need to recognize that we can leverage from these types of technologies to maximize our efficiencies and therefore uh, enabling the intake of further number of cases uh, and ultimately increasing our revenues and cash flows and maximizing the end result for our clients. And so uh, from a virtualization standpoint, some of the benefits that it offers is access to enterprise class technology solutions with mm-hmm. zero capital investment. Um, with yeah. that, removing the IT burdens for legal professionals of having to understand how to bring together or intertwine or uh, make compatible all of the different hardware and software options that are out there uh, to apply their uh, applications. Uh, it completely removes the IT burdens of managing these platforms, maintaining them, uh, and servicing them. Uh, further, being in the right virtual um, application, then disaster recovery becomes inerrant uh, mm-hmm. as a way of uh, having access to retrievals of backup uh, data. Uh, they're flexible and scalable. Uh, many, many times, depending on the vendor, their pay-as-you-go model, so that mm-hmm. allows for a tremendous amount of scalability, flexibility, um, and most importantly, uh, they provide access to the applications by way of any device uh, that has access to the Internet. So with all that, uh, it is an effortless deployment. Basically, you can go from uh, zero to fully uh, technology-equipped in a matter of days. So lots of stuff in there that attorneys are going to like, right? Less confusing, device agnostic, less legwork. That's all good stuff. Um, So let's talk particularly about a type of virtual service. So this virtual desktop where you've got your internet connection and all you have on your desktop potentially is a browser and you log into all your other applications online. Um, Can you tell us some of the specific advantages that attach to a virtual law firm desktop? Sure. And Jared, I'd like to just take a moment and also um, comment on the fact that the the most common uh, virtualization that attorneys are currently um, accessing are SaaS-type applications. And so mm-hmm. SaaS being software as a service mm-hmm. differentiates itself from a uh, DAS application, which would be desktop as a service, by way of where the data lives. And this is very, very important that attorneys understand. So when they're accessing a SaaS application, I like to compare it to a multi-tenant building. They are entering an environment where other users are sharing the environment, uh, the infrastructure being the actual physical servers and the logical infrastructure, which is the software. They have a unique access uh, mechanism, but in the end, they are sharing the infrastructure all in. Desktop as a service, however, resides on a private and dedicated platform, which is dedicated to the firm 
in and of itself. So it would be then uh, fair to compare that to a standalone home, a detached home, where there is one owner, one land, one infrastructure, right? And so the difference between desktop as a service versus software as a service is where the data lives. The benefits to desktop as a service is that it can weave together a comprehensive and fully integrated solution with all the benefits of a SaaS application or a public um, cloud solution, which means that we can take any desktop application that lawyers currently have and utilize on their desktop uh, servers or on, uh, you know, in their LAN um, environments. We can take their current SaaS applications that they may access through their web portal, plus any additional um, document management, e-discovery, or any other type of applications that they utilize, and we weave it into this one portal, which becomes then their virtual desktop, which is accessible from anywhere at any time with any device so long as that device has access to the Internet. And it can do so by way of remote access that is protected uh, by uh, very high standard security protocols where data is encrypted and so therefore it provides this one location for all of the applications to coexist, making it very seamless for the attorney to collaborate amongst other of their staff within the same firm and or within all of the different applications. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, Jared? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I think that's a great analogy you make as well um, to SaaS versus DAS versus different types of living arrangements that people have in the physical world. I don't think a lot of attorneys think about it that way, but it's true. Um, and I, I, love, I love to hear you using those acronyms because you don't hear that all that often in the legal world. So clearly... You've got advantages through virtualization generally, and then you've got potentially significant advantages when you're talking about farming out the desktop. So one of the major questions I get from attorneys on any products that I talk to them about is pricing. So talk to me a little bit about how these services are priced, because when we're clustering all these different applications in one place, um, there's got to be a few different uh, pricing options that exist within that virtual desktop. So how does an attorney pay for this? Well, it it really depends on the vendor and partner that the attorney uh, chooses to go with. And I think that Mm -hmm. it is really important to also consider as they are looking to move uh, towards virtual safety of their practice, they need to ensure that they are partnering with the right firm that not only understands technology, but that also has experience with the type of data and the type of applications that attorneys use on a day-to-day basis. Yep. And the reason that is important is because as they're weaving um, and integrating the solution and it uh, customizing this virtual um, desktop environment for each and every attorney, every practice is unique. And mm-hmm. depending mm-hmm. on the uh, area of legal expertise and practice of that attorney, um, the solution will be uh, geared and customized in one way or another. But basically, yeah. the model, the pricing model should be 
as simple as a base price point for the virtual environment per se. And what does this mean for the house, right? For where the data is going to live. This is the physical and virtual server that is dedicated to the firm. That'll be a flat monthly fee. Uh, which is very practical from a from a cost perspective because attorneys are now then uh, turning capex into opex, which is uh, much uh, more predictable from mm-hmm. a finance perspective. And then there is a cost per user as it relates to the access to bandwidth and uh, data services that the vendor uh, or the IT partner in that case configures for the firm. Uh, so basically, yep. it's uh, there is a economies of scale, of course, based on the larger number of users, but the base monthly fee is always the house, the virtual server, <coughs> then the Excellent. users, and then the applications. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, as you know, and as I've seen in my consulting, that attorneys are more interested these days in that monthly subscription model rather than paying a lot of money up front. Uh, it makes more sense. It's more predictable to them, I think. So I like how you set up this analogy that we're now working with through the rest of the show. I didn't know you were going to do this. So we've got the house, right? <laughs> we talked about the mortgage. And now let's talk about the keys. So attorneys like virtual options, but the one thing I keep hearing from attorneys is, okay, now all my stuff is online and they're worried about this requirement of having an internet connection to all their available law firm data. What do you say to attorneys who present with that objection? Well, and I empathize. I understand they have very high consequences for uh, security breaches or or potential uh, confidentiality breaches. And and so I, I understand that level of concern. But if we were to really look at it hard, the highest risk of liability really stems from the failure to adopt technology nowadays. Because when we're talking about security and compliance, it really can break down into two aspects. That's the physical security and then the logical security. The physical security is can I physically get to the box where the data lives, to the house, right? Can I breach the house? Can I enter and take the property, take the data, mm. uh, manipulate it or change it in any way? Whereas the logical is all of the systems that allow us to prevent or detect uh, that intent of intrusion. And uh, those are that is achieved through uh, both physical firewalls and software applications that are very, very robust Mm. uh, to ensure that data is not only encrypted, uh, but there are several layers of authentication. Really, what it boils down to, Jared, is where does the data live? And so this fear that attorneys have that now all my data is online, I think we have to remove the mystique of online. Let's shave it down to the bare bones. And what it is, is it doesn't matter whether it's a SAS application, a DAS application, or an IAS, which is I-A-S-A-S, which stands for Infrastructure as a Service. It boils down to the same thing. Someone is hosting servers and are managing that physical and software uh, applications in a data center 
somewhere in the world. That data center is let's take the mystique out of data centers. Data centers are big warehouses that are especially equipped with environmentals like redundant HVAC, lots of power, and where all the carriers that provide bandwidth live. And so in these huge data centers that exist all over the world, there are these routers that talk to each other and send the data. So here is the essence, Jared. That data, where does it live? And who is protecting that data? One of the fears that attorneys have and should have is that when they choose a SaaS provider, they don't own the data. They don't know where the data lives. They don't know where those servers are. They don't know where the data centers are. However, when they're putting their data in a virtual location that is a dedicated private cloud environment or a dedicated desktop as a service, they need to know where the servers live Mm -hmm. and who are those vendors protecting it. The internet connection per se is only the conduit by which they're accessing that data. But if the data lives in an appropriate data center with all the appropriate compliance that should have as a tier three or four data center that is SSAE 16 compliant, SOC Mm -hmm. compliant, ISO compliant, they have nothing to worry about. As a matter of fact, they should have much more of a concern when that data lives in their office environment where security protocols are not the same as in sophisticated data centers, where backups many times are non-existing, or when they are, they're not geographically dispersed, Mm -hmm. and when they don't have the level of sophistication in firewall appliances and other very sophisticated software appliances to execute against the most strict of uh, prevention um, uh, and intrusion, right? Mm -hmm. Data um, Mm -hmm. mining, prevention, and intrusion. So in the end, lawyers are more at risk by keeping and storing data on their servers at their office than they are when they decide to virtualize their office and put it in the right data center, U.S.-based, that they can own and control. It's pretty good stuff. I feel like I'm listening to myself talk. I mean, I think there's a chance here that we're technology soulmates, but a lot of good points you make. I think I like one thing that you said there in particular, where you said that the highest risk is not to adopt the technology. And I think in many cases, that's true. So thanks, Alessandra, for the first part of this podcast. But now we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more on virtualization with Alessandra Lozama of Abacus Data Systems. This is normally the space in our show when we offer words from our sponsors, and this potentially represents a unique opportunity for you. The Legal Toolkit is seeking sponsors. You can hear your advertisement right here. If you're interested, contact the team at Legal Talk Network at info at legaltalknetwork.com. If you're listening right Twix, we're right here. Don't make us call over the left Twix. Welcome back. We're joined today by Alessandra Lazama, CEO of Abacus Data Systems. And I'm going to say data or data, several different variations in this podcast, I've decided. So 
Here at the virtual studio, we're still chatting about the ongoing virtualization of law firms. All right, Alessandra, as we just talked about, assuring online access is really important to attorneys. So underlying that whole consideration is that the issue attorneys have, most attorneys have with using cloud products, SaaS, DAS, IaaS, is that they don't like to give up control. So with all their data someplace else, even if it's a secure someplace else, how can law firms effectively create local copies of their cloud data such that they're feeling comfortable about having a backup if they can't get online? Well, there's there's a number of different solutions to allow them to either synchronize the data uh, that they have in the cloud, whether that is through a SaaS application or a desktop as a service application, but primarily they can create a virtual private network, which is is, is a dedicated conduit, sort of speak, that mm-hmm. utilizes the internet simply as an infrastructure and create this point-to-point virtual connection between the data center that holds the data and the applications that they, that they operate uh, on a day-to-day basis and replicate it back to their local environment uh, should they have the right equipment uh, to do so. However, in today's uh, you know technology environment and with the level of sophistication of uh, data center operations, it's not necessary, Jared. That is the truth. As mm-hmm. long as they partner with a trusted uh, company that has uh, you know tier three and tier four compliant data centers with geographically dispersed locations, they can request to have a solution whereby they have uh, replicated data in two geographically distinct locations, not ever having to uh, manage their own infrastructure. Because the, the concept here is, Jared, attorneys went to school to be attorneys. And, and there's only 24 hours in a day and there's only seven days in the week. And they need to spend more time doing what they need to do to ensure best possible outcomes for their clients. And they've got to stop trying to manage IT. They need to partner with a, with a firm that they trust, that they, uh, you know, see eye to eye, um, that they can, uh, access uh, they, they have access to contacts uh, 24 by 7 and that they feel good about doing business with because in the end, it's people doing business with people. We at Abacus put a great deal of emphasis on that and, and it's the truth, right? Because the bottom line is that if you are facing a deadline and you've got a case and it's midnight and you're working late and something breaks down with your technology, you're going to want someone that takes your call at that time and it can help you through that, uh, you know, IT requirements so that you can meet your deadline. Um, management and support is key um, in uh, partnering uh, through the, the virtualization of offices, making sure that there are, you know, there's 24 by 7 uh, server monitoring and maintenance and that there is true uh, escalation and um, emergency response from uh, from vendors. And so I think the key point you make there, or one of them, is finding a trusted company to work with. And you've talked about some ways you might vet a company. Do they have servers with geographic redundancy? What's their security audits look like? Uh, what is their support that they provide? Any other general things you tell 
lawyers to look at when they're vetting virtual providers? They need to ask the question, where are the data centers located? In today's uh, virtual uh, you know, business scheme, many vendors and providers outsource the hosting component and the data center infrastructure uh, to vendors outside of the U.S., uh, many, uh, you know, across the nation and others simply locally. So I think it's important for attorneys to ask the question, where are, where is the data center and who owns the data? They need to assure that when they're building this virtual environment in the cloud, that they maintain ownership of all their data and applications. Absolutely. Okay. So... We've got a little bit of time left here, so I've got one final question for you. So I think a theme here that we've developed is, okay, this is good for lawyers, but then there's still resistance out there from a number of attorneys. So here's the last go-round here. Can you pitch the average attorney who resists this change on why they should go virtual? You could argue that reluctance to adopt technology stems from a number of things, Jared. Anxiety of the unknown traditional, you know, billing modules, uh, fear of change, lack of resources, lack of knowledge, lack of experience, risk of failure, lack of time. But the truth of the matter is, is that the, the value proposition for attorneys is that they simply will not survive into the future without adopting technology today. It is paramount to their survival. And it's the, it's the white elephant in the room. Um, and, and it's a scary place to be in. I think that now more than ever, attorneys recognize that they must move into uh, virtual environments to ensure that they're uh, ubiquitous, that they have access to their practice from anywhere, that they can collaborate, uh, you know, regardless of, of uh, their location, and that they must apply technologies as a matter of ethical compliance nowadays as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really how do they get from point A to point Z? They know they have to do it. But there are so many intricacies. It sounds all so convoluted. It's all so complicated. Can they afford it? And where do they start? And here's where they need to start. They need to carve out some time. They need to do their due diligence. They need to find a partner that understands the legal industry, that has the highest end and grade um, in, in compliance certifications as it relates to technology, and they have to put themselves in a place of technology readiness assessment so that their partner can help guide the journey into the virtual office. They must do this. It doesn't make sense not to do this. It's far more cost-effective, and it relieves them of the IT burden and then enables them to do what they do best, which is practicing law. I like how you went for the psychology right off the bat there. But now I'm waiting for the Abacus ebook, Journey into Virtual Law. Maybe an IMAX film. I don't know. But I think you set yourself up pretty well for that. <laughs> Abacus Private Cloud is our is our uh, newest product 
and uh, services portfolio, and it basically was designed from the ground up to service the legal industry. We took over 30 years of knowledge in the industry uh, and combined it all together, built a team of folks, and went out and built out our own data center infrastructure here in our headquarters in San Diego in the heart of Fiber Alley uh, with all the tiers of uh, physical and logical security to service desktop as a, as a service for the legal community. And we have a fully redundant uh, geographically dispersed data center that uh, footprint that we operate out of Texas as well, where we replicate all of the data and information uh, from our um, data center in San Diego, providing for uh, 24 by 7 uh, desktop as a service services, uh, which we call uh, private cloud services, providing for disaster recovery, business continuity, and most importantly, uh, fully integrated IT support for the legal industry. So we have, uh, we're, we're very happy to put this out and uh, invite all of our legal professionals to take a look, to give us a call, um, if for nothing else, just to get one of our legal technology specialists to take them through a uh, no-obligation, cost-free technology readiness assessment and perhaps help them design a blueprint uh, to take them into uh, this new stage of, of their uh, virtual practice. See, now, isn't that tidy how that all worked out? You have a, pro- you have a product that solves for all this. Alessandra, this has been a fascinating discussion. Of course, we're at the end of the show now. Another episode of the Legal Toolkit is in the books. Keep in mind, however, that you can check out all of our shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Thanks, Alessandra Lazama of Abacus Data Systems for setting aside some time for this virtual interview with me today. So, Alessandra, one thing I want to get from you before we sign off here is what's the website for Abacus Data? Abacus Data System has a website located at www.abacuslaw.com. We have a uh, toll-free number as well, and that number is 1-800-726-3339. If anyone has any other questions or would like a technology readiness assessment uh, at no cost and, of course, at no obligation, they are also welcome to send us an email at apc at abacuslaw.com. I didn't even realize people still use phone calls. But there you go. If you have a phone and you want to make a phone call rather than sending an email, now you have the option. (laughs) Thanks again, Alessandra. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Delighted (laughs) to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, My pleasure. And thanks, everybody out there, for listening. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast, covering the current business trends for law firms. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
Are you looking for a podcast that was created for new solos? Then join me, Adriana Linares, each month on the New Solo Podcast. We talk to lawyers who have built their own successful practices and share their insights to help you grow yours. You can find New Solo on the Legal Talk Network or anywhere you get your podcasts.